Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's start. So, Ruth, uh, we're back. Is that, that it? Let's start. Let's start. What a delight. And then straight in. But well, I'm so thrilled to see you. It seems like you've been away for yeah, ages and ages. Yeah, it feels like I have. Mm. It's only... So, for anyone who doesn't know, this might be your first episode. I don't know what, what I've Well, it is season three, episode one. Yeah. So, if you're just picking us up on season three... It's, um, yeah, I started university last Saturday, so I've been away for about 10 days or whatever, mm-hmm. and it feels like Forever. a lifetime, yeah, it feels like I've it is always di- been It's a whole different life, though, because you were saying... It is to, indeed. Yeah, you were saying to me before you went that, you know, you live with these people, i.e. myself and your mother, for... <laughs> these, like eight, these people, these you live with these people. For 18 years, and yeah. you're suddenly plucked away from these people. And also I've had, like, a lot of the same friends for... Mm. Yeah. a decade or more and, and now you're making new friends and these friends you make at university a lot of people say that they're your friends for life they'll be your friends for the rest I'm of your sure life I'm sure there's a statistic that it's like most people meet their future husband or wife at uni as well hmm. like it yeah it really does like shape your life and whatever it does so tell me about it what's been going on um, it's hard to sum up just like that like tell what do you want to know? What I want to know is that when your first week was Freshers' Week, yeah, and you'll have shared this experience with students up and down the country. Basically, mm. people you didn't know at the time were sort of feeling your way and going out, yeah, and drinking going out, and, stuff. and yeah, just we went out like most nights. It is tiring and things, but I guess it's kind of like how you get to know people as you all mm. play like drinking games with each other and stuff. But yeah, the first yeah the first couple of days were so you've, hard. You've as become, well. yeah, they were. I mean, you did phone. You were yeah. homesick. You, you the, yeah, it was like literally with like the first two or three days that were just felt so lonely. Like you, and it's weird because you feel so lonely. I, I did at least feel so alone. But you're with so many other people. There's literally always someone there, and especially I'm in a twin room. I have to share a room, and so. There's literally someone always there. Yes. I'm never on my own, really, very often. I'm a bit more now, but in that first few days, I wasn't. But you still feel just mm. alone. And we won't talk too much about your roommate because we don't want to. No, no, um, don't. Yeah, confidentiality. We don't want to yeah. uh, breach it. Fine. But no I do worries, have no a roommate. Just to you do let have you a roommate know. to let you know. A lot of people thought that would be a nightmare for you being sort yeah. of like an only child in that your older siblings have all gone away yeah like lived used... at home I, I've always had, I'm very lucky that I've always had a room to myself and stuff mm. and it still is hard like just you have different 
kind of ways you know everyone has their like weird things and like mm-hmm. ways that they like stuff done and whatever and you can't make but some... that's all all the other people have their weird ways you're perfectly <laughs> yeah, no, no but you do but you don't realize that that mm. a lot of the stuff is also like because you never have to share a space with people who aren't like your close family right most people don't you don't realize that there's certain stuff that you like to do that is not what everyone else does and you kind of have to be quite malleable and accept that like you've just got to be chilled out and say this doesn't matter and I think like yeah and kind of deciding on what is okay and what's actually something that you need. Mm. Tell you what we'll do we'll actually uh, test the levels first of all. What was all that? That was just us talking but we'll test the levels. Preamble pre-preamble. That was pre-preamble We'll test the levels with a couple of one-liners in traditional fashion. Despite the fact that it's a brand new series, I think we keep up this tradition whereby I quote to you a fantastic one-line joke. This is one from... Fantastic. Mm. See, we've started using that loosely. This is very loosely. This is Nick Dixon, who I'm not familiar with. But his one-liner is, I took my nephew to the swings. He kept complaining that it goes up too high. I said, just shut up and push. (laughs) Here's our good friend uh, Olaf Falafel. I wasn't particularly close to my dad before he died, which was lucky because he trod on a landmine. We ought to make it clear, you're at the University of York and you're studying modern languages. Studying French and Spanish. French and Spanish, but that comes under modern languages. It is under modern languages, but Mm. um, that's not like my degree. No, but you have to do linguistics. Yeah, I have to do one linguistics module. Right. So what's that? How does that work? So I'm doing syntax, which is just the study of kind of words and word phrases and we kind of did just kind of sort of so you've had one about i've only had one lecture on it so i can't tell you exactly but we did a lot about um sort of grammar and grammar rules and how we decide those and stuff but that's all in english Mm. that's in english that's in english then 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 i do french language and society Mm -hmm. and french grammar um so those are both in french pretty much the whole time at the moment for the french grammar she'll say a bit in english but really the french language in society was pretty much entirely in french and you're also made to speak to each other in french it's quite intense like language then i have three other modules i do spanish language skills spanish grammar and spanish language in society so that's quite intense because they need to get you to a really high level really quick because i'm doing spanish from scratch and all your lecturers are from the country that yeah from the place that they're teaching in yeah 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 i think they're both spanish i'm not sure whether either there of them might be from like latin america mm. but i think they're both actually spanish, spanish. Mm-hmm. yeah and you do about spanish society as well a bit yeah we've not started doing much of that yet because at the moment it's just trying to get you to understand stuff we did about how we were reading stuff about how spanish is like a universal language that's in the spanish language and society seminars how do you mean it's a universal language? I mean, not like English. So, like, Spanish um, is spoken in 20, oh, so countries, 21 different countries. 400 million people have it as their native language. 40 more million have mm. it as their, um, learnt, their studying, the language they've studied. Um, it's, but it, then it's spoken in, like, loads of other places. It's the only language spoken on all five continents, I think. All right. Yeah. So, you, your first day... Uh, which was a couple of Saturdays ago. Your mum dropped you off with mm. all with all your stuff. That's the weirdest part. We we got there at about half one. Mm. 
but then we probably only started to properly do my room at about two or something then I think she left at about five sorted out all my room I had to go and buy some like blue tack and stuff so she did that with me then we went for like a coffee Mm. and then she left and that's the weirdest bit well go on tell me what you felt when your mum left it's just what I I didn't feel like I didn't cry or anything I know some people probably do but I didn't actually like cry it was just um I don't know it's just such a weird feeling Mm. like say because you're saying goodbye but you're also not you know it's not a big goodbye like I was going to see her really soon it's not the same as if you were moving to another country and that really was it for six months or a year Mm. yeah it's just such a strange feeling and you stood there and it's kind of like it's almost awkward in a way or uncomfortable you don't know Mm. what to say and I've spoken to people since and they said yeah I just like went into my room and like just cried (laughs) because it's just like so unsettling the first night that you weren't there did feel and I know you've been away in the yeah. past but not for long periods but you have been away but, well I went away for about a month over the summer and stuff do you know what I mean so yeah, it's not like we were still sort no no of but when I went on holiday holiday mm. I was away for about, about 23 three days or something yeah. so you know quite a while like mm. I've still not been away that long but it just feels different but it, it yeah it did feel completely different mm. from when you went away you know and uh, we would be myself and your mum we would be empty nesters <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that I'm finally trying to get your big brother on the uh, on the housing ladder and uh, he's now staying with us before he moves out mm. to his own flat in he says eight to twelve weeks, but on both sides of the equation, we're hoping it's going to be a little bit quicker than that. <laughs> but I think his twelve-year-old solicitors probably take some time to. Uh, to this sort is the segment of the out. podcast where we don't speak about university life or current affairs. You just slag off my brother. No, no I'm not slagging your brother. I'm slagging off his solicitors. But anybody <laughs> who's ever bought a house would. Uh, I mean, an estate agent's even worse. You know, because you're not familiar with this yet, and maybe you never will be, but being part of Generation Rent, but mm. they're the worst. They're the worst. And people say that... Uh, that what? Well, we're just going to... We've just... You've just started talking about solicitors. You know, this is like the rebrand. It's not going to be all more focused on, like, university and stuff. It and then this is like a large segment is no, solicitors. Is all right, forget solicitors. No, I'm kidding. Go on, go on. Generation Rent, I'm never getting on the housing ladder. Well, you'll be lucky if you get no I'm sure you'll get on the housing ladder uh, and when you do you'll think I wish I'd let my dad uh, have that tirade against uh, solicitors and estate agents all those years ago because <laughs> he was absolutely right in saying that uh, murderers are always you know when murderers are put into the back of the black Mariah by the police they put a coat over their head so they won't be recognised because of the shame of it and yet estate agents and solicitors can walk down the street it's quite absolutely a, it's quite a- like a good profession a lot of people want to be solicitors yeah you're essentially a lawyer if you're a solicitor no i think if you're a solicitor you're essentially a bloodsucker but that's just my view and isn't uh, you know a little bit away from the general tenor of this but back to university so there you are in in this sort of situation where you're homesick and you're feeling lonely and you're a bit heartbroken mm. and you're starting a new and life. then you've got to go into this like common room full of people and start introducing yourself do you, well go on because you did so so I'd met some of the people on my floor earlier and one of them had messaged to be like, oh, we're all in the common room. It's quite a good time to meet people if you're like, if you, if you're all done. And um, mum had like just left or whatever. So then I had to go take like a really deep breath and like put on my, like, you know, your best face and everyone's feeling the same. And, but mm. you know, you don't want to be 
boring there's a lot of pressure in the well still like that a bit now but there's a lot of pressure in the first week to be like cool and chilled out and fine mm. about everything and whatever yeah. so you've got to yeah take a deep breath and walk that i walked downstairs the common rooms on the floor below mine walked into the common room just absolutely full it's also weird because there's a lot there was loads and loads more boys than girls so there was about probably 40 people in this tiny little room and i would say there was only about six or seven girls in there really? it's like really lo- like it's less like that now i think i think that um it's just like the, the boys arrived there's more the girls. i don't know there was it? i think there was just i think there is more boys than girls in, in my flat anyway but i did i walked in and it was just flats, so intimidating my, so the people who share my kitchen and the kitchen one over that's right. my floor so my flat right yeah just um like so intimidating and the room was so full of people it absolutely stank as well it was like <laughs> like you could taste like sweat in the air it's absolutely vile boys eh? <laughs> um it was just so full yeah. and yeah you just have to uh, sit down and do you what course to, do you do and we used all to that actually, when you when your uh, brother was at home and mm. he had a friend in we used to go in his bedroom and say oh it smells of boy in yeah it was <laughs> a very strong like smell of boy yeah the rooms just get really like feisty really quick yeah yeah so, so there you are you've introduced yourself and now you have friends you have now i have friends, friends yeah now. it's fine now it's but the, you become, just think it was like t- it'd literally been two days and i was thinking in my head oh my god i've made no friends what am i going to do blah 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 but you when you so you have to put into perspective and think it genuinely has only been two days like of course you're not <laughs> best friends with anyone yet that's a ridiculous thing to ask but you do make friends really, really quick because it's just such an intense environment, mm. especially with the people who are in sharing your kitchen or in your flat or whatever, um, because they are right there all the time. It's less so with your classmates. That's more of like a normal friendship where you yeah. get to know each other. And you've yeah. become hugely popular because of your uh, colourful Leeds accent, I believe. No, I've not become popular before. People just take the piss all the time. <laughs> like a bit, like... So, because the people just from certain words, mm. most of the people I've met are southern, really. Yeah, my my flat is there's one by who's from Scunthorpe, um, and you've got a best friend from Lancaster. <laughs> best friend, no, one of the girls on my floor is from Lancaster as well. But she's my roommate is an international student. Mm. So, but most of the other people are yeah southern, mm. and they like the way specifically that you say trainers. Trainers, yeah. And it's mainly the, to be honest, it's mainly the er uh sound. Like, like no, girl, ter, fur, were, sir. So have you been using the word foe a lot? Oh, yeah, foe is a regular. No, I think it, um, it's no, no, like when, you know, if you're speaking about something. <laughs> that's why I struggle with that word. Because the accent, accent is a very distinctive accent, isn't it? I think it's that's not, what it is. I think that not, a lot of people are generally northern. Hmm. But not leads. I also not. think that it's because when you hear this, I'm only realising this now. I think when you hear regional accents on TV, you hear like a general northern, or you hear like a Newcastle, or a Liverpool, or a Birmingham. People know what that sounds like, but you don't very regularly, apart from maybe like Mel B, hear a proper leads, like distinctive mm. leads. But if you've listened to this podcast through the first two series, you'll know exactly what Mel B talks. Like, <laughs> Because you do a wickedly accurate impersonation of Mel it's B. It's just my normal voice. Let's <laughs> have Mel B. Hello, I'm Mel B. Deeper than that, isn't it, really? She's got to say, anyway, this is regardless. But. Yes, but unless they've been watching Mel B. Or indeed Keith Lemon. 
Yeah. Very well. It's another place to pick Keith, up. A, a, uh, but uh, Keith Lemons is like too much. Two leads. It's what it feels like put on. I don't find Keith Lemon funny. No, I don't find him funny, but the accent is um, spot on. Leads, yeah, true. Think, spot on. Yeah. But then someone said to me, they saw, I can't remember what the actual context was, but they were talking about, they were like, uh, I can't remember, they were like, oh, MS, do you have that in Leeds? And I was like, MS started in Leeds, you know, because people think it's yeah, fancy. Yeah. But it started in Leeds, so I was pleased to. You to put say them that, right, yeah. did you? <laughs> well done. A lot of people from Guildford, you were saying, in Surrey. Guildford, yeah. I think it's just probably because a lot of people who commute to London. That part of Surrey, Virginia Water and Guildford, and there's all these little towns in Surrey, they are, that is commuter country. But right. It's, it's not, you know, office cleaners aren't commuting from Guildford. People who work in the city, finance, that sort of thing. Yeah. I would also just add that the other thing that's weird is that um, because Freshers' Week is like this massive party week where everyone just goes out and every week and there's all these events and all the club nights and whatever, there's so much pressure to be like, Freshers' Week has to be the best week of my life. It has to be this amazing, great party week. It just should be so brilliant. But like, why would it be so great? It's the first week you've met people. Like, why would that be the greatest nights out but you did manage to uh, fall over and oh, i fell over and so bad there's no the way to yeah there's n- ah, it was embarrassing as well actually but there's no way to like properly show how bad it is like my knee was like so bloody like blood just everywhere and like <laughs> the cuts are quite deep you saw them mm. to show you again yes and i think you'll survive them they're not they're it's pretty bad, though, isn't it? It's a little bit bad. It's like, look, of... that's kind of yellowy as well. Hmm. No, it's not too bad. You live. I don't think that's gone septic or anything like that. <laughs> no, and I got had like grazes on my arms and stuff. I'm like fully like. Mm. Is that the only? Hit the you, were you the only one to get injured of your uh, crowd? Yeah, yeah. Just me. Well done. Well, it's a sort of badge of honour, really, in many ways. So, Freshers' Week, we got, Freshers Week's gone. It's not been the best week of your life, but it was okay, and you've made friends and things. Uh-huh. Uh, tell me about some of the things you've been to Freshers' Week. Um, do all these clubs in New York put on student nights? Yeah, thing? you have, like, a Freshers' wristband for mm-hmm. the first week, and so you've got, like, lots of different club nights, but they're, they're pretty much the same, really, I think. It's like what you do before was kind of different. So we did, like, a pub quiz and then a night out one night. There was, like, bingo one night. Um, what, I'm trying to think what else. A lot of it's quite a bit of it I didn't go to really because they've got like trampoline parks, but sometimes they're at about six pm and you don't really feel like going to a trampoline no. park at six pm. They they did like a festival themed thing that was actually at the campus. They did a silent disco, but that was really dead, so yeah. didn't really go there. And you've joined, you've or put your name down for various societies. Yeah, there's a, literally a society for absolutely everything. Like I'm trying to think of some of the weirder ones. There's like Dungeons and Dragons Society, um, Roller Disco. I'm gonna. I'm meant to be going to a taster session of Roller Disco tonight. Yeah. There's there's a fetish society. A fetish society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I so Isn't... well because I thought this will be really good for the podcast. So I signed up to the mailing list for you um, because I thought I and you couldn't believe like the two people. I don't as they were stood there. I was like, wow, you are. I didn't know what to say. Um, it's like Deadly Sins Icebreaker, What is Kink, Curiosity Night, Rope Workshop. 
a rope workshop. I know. Isn't that insane? It is insane. Yeah. You've not joined yet, though. No, I'm, oh my gosh, I would not be caught dead. So the sort of people join will be sort of goths, people that you see hanging around wearing black, those sort of people, do you think? I don't know. I'm just wondering what... Wouldn't know. Fetish society. Clearly, because of health and safety, there won't be you know, fetishes in the way that we may have understood them from Max Mosley, who was uh, head of Formula One and all that. It's not going to be... You know, not one of those fetish things that ends up on the front page of the Sunday papers, uh, one assumes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the university does have a, a sort of pastoral, a duty of pastoral care, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. exactly. Well, that's but a, yeah, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, what, There's what, lots of other ones as well, the um, rowing and sailing and skiing and mm. um, but you the that, animal welfare, model UN. Mm. Um, what about uh, po- political societies? They've got, sure. yeah, so they've got, there's a labour society... They've not got a green society, but they've got, like, an Extinction Rebellion group, which is essentially the same. Yeah, they've got York Tories, but it was so funny. At the, like, Freshers' Fair, the Tories, like, looked so much like exactly how you would imagine Tories to look. <laughs> and they were all, like, along one big table, and then the Labour was next to them, and the lab- they were wearing, like, suits, and, like, the girls were dressed quite fancy and stuff. And the Labour people were wearing T-shirts that said, never kissed a Tory on. <laughs> So those are two tables that weren't going to get together for freshers' week. I don't think so. It's interesting, you know, going on your campus there at York, which is a big campus university, and it's it's a, a, a town in its own right, really. Yeah, it's big. And it's you know, it's only got you, one shop there. Yeah, but if you go on the just well, outside where you three, where you are, you know, if you just drive down the road a bit, mm. or in your case, walk down the road. Um, those streets are just full of students. I never saw anybody yeah. who wasn't a student. There are residential houses around there, mm. well, but you just don't must, see them, really. I think they must sort of board up their houses and <laughs> stay inside. Away from, but students all over the place, so you are. Yeah. And I'm just wondering... The if, actual city is not the... No, no. The, the city, city is a lot more touristy. You're, you're way out of the city. We're not. We're not oh, way yeah. out. 25-minute walk. It's a 25-minute walk. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. It seems in the car it seems to be way out because I drove. Yeah, but we're not, we're not that far out. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if you're keeping in touch with the with the world at large while you've been... Kind of. Feels like a different world, though. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Let me tell you about Mark Rylance and see if you support... Mark Rylance of... The fine actor Mark Rylance, who was in Bridge of Spies. Yes, OK. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, I know and who he is now. He's been on the Yeah, TV. yeah, yeah, never mind. Never yeah, mind. quite distinctive-looking yeah. uh, actor. He's decided that he's not going to work with the Royal Shakespeare Company anymore because they take some sponsorship from BP. Uh, He said, I do not wish to be associated with BP any more than I would with an arms dealer, a tobacco salesman, or anyone who willfully destroys the lives of others alive and unborn, nor, I believe, would William Shakespeare. And a number of other people, uh, actors, Simon Callow, for instance, and one or two other people, uh, Matthew Paris, who's a newspaper columnist, have taken to task on what Uh. what Shakespeare would get involved in. (laughs) Shakespeare actually was a man for whom the play was the thing, and he couldn't care less about where the money came from. Uh, And to keep your show on the road and your players fed and lodged, you took what you could get from uh, whoever uh, would give it to you. Uh, And Simon Callow said the same. He said, Shakespeare's company, which was called the Lord Chamberlain's Men, often played at court for the monarch of a regime that operated massive secret surveillance of the population, subjecting suspects to savage torture and sudden death. Um, And Shakespeare's in mind. Which is pretty bad. 
Yes, that is <laughs> But what I'm saying is, do you think you can, as Mark Ryland seems to be doing, take a stand like that, or do you think... I think, yeah, I think he said the wrong words by saying, no, do I think Shakespeare would, but I think apart from that, he's pretty spot on, really. Because he's Mark Rylance, though. Like, I think he's doing the right thing as Mark Rylance, because, yeah, he wouldn't want to be seen on the face of a cigarette box. But I think if you were a new using, actor or whatever... We're using petrol, you know? I mean, nobody's going to... You yeah, wouldn't stop me going it's different, to a BP like, petrol station. I think if, yeah, I but think, there's, there's, they can get their funding in other ways, whereas you can't really get petrol without it being petrol. Do you get what I mean? No, but it's all interlinked, isn't it? It just seems... Uh, yeah, but he's decided so like piecemeal. this thing. It seems so piecemeal, just deciding. Yeah, so well, but I'm, then what's the alternative? Just never do anything. No, I think the alternative is to make you stand maybe somewhere else, somewhere where it would. I think yeah, but you always like no, literally no matter what you decide to take a stand on, you're going to get judged for it. Rather than something that isn't going to affect you in, you know, he's never going to be unemployable, Mark Rylance. But what yeah. might happen is the Shakespeare Company might not get that bit of funding, and stagehand, lowly paid stagehands, yeah. might find that they're out of it. Do you know what I mean? That everything has consequences. Yeah. But uh, then BP, like, if they weren't funding so many of these arts festivals, would then their their sort of public profile change? so that they'd be held more accountable. I don't know. It just seems to me that people don't think these things through entirely, which brings us on to the Extinction Rebellion. By stopping the traffic in in London for a Mm. short time and annoying a lot of people and presumably making a lot of other people drive around further, you know, drive a longer route and therefore use more uh, fuel, are they achieving what they set out to achieve or Mm. are there better ways to do it? Better ways to argue it, maybe. There's really no way to like make a statement or like a protest without it kind of affecting someone adversely. So then again, it's like, what, what else do you want them to do? But you haven't joined the Extinction Rebellion people at university. I haven't. I did speak to them at the thing, but I didn't join them because just because of time, really, time yeah. constraints. Fair enough. Nobody's going to uh, point a finger at you for not joining <laughs> Extinction Rebellion. What about your, your your friends that you made at university? Do you talk about politics? Or we do talk about politics, yeah. yeah. We do. Um, we have, like, debates about more kind of, like, generalised politics, like left and right, and we had to talk about denuclearisation and stuff the other day. Had to talk about, like, feminism one day. This is just with your mates informally? This is yeah, 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 just just chats, yeah. Yeah. Are they all, all feminists, the girls? The, the girls... Because the, the, we were talking about makeup. Tell me what you were all saying Oh, we were talking about whether makeup is, like a societal kind of pressure and whether women are like lying to themselves when they say I do it just for me like it's not for anyone else and uh, is it a confidence thing and whatnot that kind of stuff so makeup is a feminist issue as far as Mm, yeah makeup as a feminist issue that's what you were talking about just in your uh, in your kitchen yeah well you seem to have tanked to it very well I think so yeah it's hard to know I mean you seem happy yeah, I am. But yeah. it's still hard. Like, there's still moments where you... Like, it's more busy now, so I think it's good. But that's the first week, because you're not really doing much in the daytime, it's quite... You're like, oh, what do I do? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll probably have to tell you what's happening in the world. We do have a big picture of uh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, really? I've not, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Well, you see, I've, I've been relying on you over the last 70-odd episodes, or it is, to yeah. tell me to keep up with the Kardashians. There she is, Kim Kardashian. Not even um, seen the... Wait, is this her new skin 
No, you could tell me about underwear. that. Underwear. No, this is not her new skin underwear. Uh, um, this is the fact that uh, the Kim Kardashian, which is uh, a sort of operation, I think we mentioned it before, the, uh, the BBL, the Brazilian butt lift. Right. It's now being banned. You now know. Oh, really? Longer, which I think is a Why? is a good move, um, because people have been having it. Holy, holy moly! <laughs> holy moly, indeed. British plastic surgeons are considering a ban on the procedure known as a Kim Kardashian, <laughs> which appeals to women who want a larger backside. The move comes amid mounting concern about the Brazilian butt lift, which has the highest death rate of all cosmetic surgery. Oh my I mean, gosh! I wouldn't go in. Die. Any, I would want if I was having cosmetic surgery. Hundred percent. Probably too late now. Yeah, precisely. I would want them to have a death rate of naught. <laughs> that would be to me an acceptable death rate. Yeah, well, no naught. one's ever died from like a nurse job, have they? I think it has happened. I think but it like, has happened with the, not really. I, I think it has happened. It's very rare. But the British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. Uh, will vote, uh, about to vote, whether it should ban it, but it mm. looks like uh, there's going to be a ban on the Brazilian butt lift, which I don't think is anything that you'd have probably considered. But Kim Kardashian sort of popularised it. Mm. Tell me about the skin thing. No, she she's just come out with this new like body-shaping underwear stuff. Oh, so that's That banks. was it. I thought that might be it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's banks. But it's got the Kim Kardashian I think it's called, I think it's called Skin or something. Skims. It's called Skims. Skims. S-K-I-M-S. Right, and if you, presumably if you have a sort of Kardashian-style backside, it clings. Skims it. A couple of emails, Ruth. This is yeah? James Blacklock has sent three quotes for you. These are quotes? Inspira- inspirational quotes. Oh, should I have a pen and paper? No, it's all right. You'll remember them. Find out who you are and do it on purpose. We cannot direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. If you don't like the road you're walking, start paving another one. Uh, Now, he says, I think Ruth should be able to identify the author that these quotes are uh, are most often attributed to. Uh, That's James in Cheshire. Can you tell me which author of those quotes? Find out who you are and do it on purpose. So I feel come. like they could be just some. Maybe have they been like wrong, wrongly attributed to someone? No, they're quotes. All three of them attributed to Dolly Parton. Yeah, exactly. So She's so wise. <laughs> She's so wise. There you go. Neil Vicker was commenting on not last week. It's like a fortnight since we've been here. But when we were last doing it, we were talking about songs that were politically incorrect. Songs yeah, that, yeah. that you could say. I remember. In I remember. the seventies and eighties, but not now he's he's come up with his own analysis of a song called uh, all rise by blue um oh, are you familiar blue? with all yeah, rise yeah. by blue uh, no no but yeah. i know blue well basically it's all wrong the song he says because it uses he is a lawyer <laughs> one of my best friends he's a lawyer and he says uh, as a barrister he was more than a lawyer as a barrister uh, he's dissected all rise by blue and they've, they've used all the wrong legal terms like they do in a lot of uh, legal dramas on the telly they say the song goes and if you thought you had me fooled i'm telling you now objection overruled well he says look either blue are attempting to overrule the judge or they're addressing someone in the public gallery possibly a witness either is not allowed <laughs> and they say all rise and it should be all stand etc he's gone through it in some detail that we need um, 
go into exactly. But those are the only two emails we've got. Only got uh, two emails. It's been ages. Well, the re- that's the reason because we've not plugged the address. Ah, uh, so okay. So we should do that now then. We certainly should. It's Martin and Ruth Podcast at Gmail dot com. That's Martin and Ruth Podcast, all one word, obviously, all lowercase. Martin and Ruth Podcast at Gmail dot com. Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com because I know you like to say it three it's a times. Rule of three. Rule of three. But while we were talking about music, should we have some music after the break? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So a bit of music now, uh, Ruth. We'll start with yours this week. What is it? It is Used to Love by Alfie Templeman. That could have been one of mine. That, it was that, just like a chilled out song. I just had like yeah. Yeah, so Alfie Templeman. He um, was born in 2003. Mm-hmm. 2003, Dad. Yeah, 16. Yeah, but, <laughs> ridiculous. I know. That's ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a musical family in Bedfordshire, um, he was encouraged to play music by his mum and whatever. Um, to he, me, he's been listening to his dad's record collection, <laughs> I would say. He was used recording software perfectly when he was like 13 and then his mum, but he was only instrumental and then his mum persuaded him to include singing on his songs. Uh, and then two years on in 2018, he put out his debut EP, Like an Animal, and he was only 15 at the time. But this is his new song, which is called Used to Love, which came out on October 3rd of this year. 
Well, I'm going a little bit further back in time, it'll <laughs> surprise you, and um, I'm going to revisit the joys of uh, Petula Clark. Now, Petula Clark, as far as you're concerned, only, downtown. only ever made one record, which was Downtown. She actually made loads of records, had a fantastic career, uh, which is she's still having a fantastic career. Downtown. I'll tell you more. You say that, I'll tell you more about it afterwards. Uh, this track's called Don't Give Up. That's uh, Petula Clark and Don't Give Up, and uh, it was written by Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch. And I think the interesting thing about it is Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch... It sounded Hatch, exactly like Downtown. It sounded very much like Downtown, that's So true. she did one song and then just did that song no, a couple of times? No, 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 no. She did loads and loads of songs. Uh, I Know a Place... Which again sounds a bit like downtown. Um, Tell me one song that doesn't so, that she did that doesn't sound anything like downtown. Uh, this is my song, which was a Charlie Chaplin. Uh, so she it wasn't even her her own song then that one. Well, no, he wrote it. She never wrote She wasn't a songwriter. Oh, she didn't write she wasn't a songwriter, sense. no. Ah. She, she was in partnership with uh, Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch, which was the whole point I was about to make, is that ja- if Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch had been based in the Brill Building in New York, they would stand comparison with Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil and Phil Spector and Ellie Greenwich and uh, Carol King and uh, Jerry Goffin and all those people, and Neil Diamond and all those uh, songwriters from New York. But they were British songwriters, and and she had an amazing career. Do you know when she was born? Downtown? No, she was born. She may very well have been born downtown. She was born in London, so you can't say she was born downtown, downtown really. But um, so how appropriate that she had such a big hit with the song from where she was born. Downtown. downtown. Uh, do you want to know the year? The year was 1932. Do the math. That was a long time ago. You want me to actually do the maths? Okay, 68 plus 19, 87. Yes. She's 87 now. She's now 87 years old. Still alive, though. Still alive, still working. She's a British singer, actress and composer, so she has written songs, uh, whose career spans eight decades. She was a child star. She's been in business for eight decades. She made a message. Um, Now, what's interesting from your point of view is that during the 50s, she started recording in French. Hmm. Uh, She had a big hit in France called Ya Ya Twist. And that's why there's a whole genre of music in French, which you'll have heard it from Francois R.D., those people, Mm -hmm. which is called Yaya music. I have heard of that, yeah. Yeah, well, she did the Yaya twist, and she had international success in both uh, English and French. Uh, In 1957... She so she would have been just 25 at that age. She was invited to appear at the Paris Olympia, where despite the, her misgivings, she was received with acclaim. The following day, she was invited to the office of Vogue Records, which is the big French record label uh, back in the 50s, uh, to discuss a contract. And it was there that she met Claude Wolf, who became her husband. Uh, 50s 50s we're talking here she was um, immediately attracted to him and she worked with him and then she signed up and eventually they got married gradually she moved further into the continent recording in German, French, Italian and Spanish and establishing herself as a multilingual performer so at a time when we're moving out of Europe 50 years ago she was moving into it lovely yeah 
good yeah. for old Petula. Yeah, but th- th- that's a great track, I think. Do you not think it's a great track? And do you not think she's... Downtown's hi- good. Highly under... Well, yeah, but that's a great track. Don't Sleep in the Subway. I'm going to play... That a- one sounds a lot like Downtown. Well, only in that it's her, it's the same style, it's the same composers. It's like if you picked up a Beatles album from the 1960s, you could probably find three or four tracks on the album. And, you know, the, the Beatles were the most varied, you know, genre-wise. Yeah, OK, years. fair enough. You could probably find four or five tracks that sound quite similar. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you listen to any of those people that you like, Loyal Karner and those people, you will find a, a similarity. Yeah. Billie Eilish, you'll find a similarity. You're right, yeah. So don't diss Petula Clark. The whole point of that was trying to gain more respect for Petula Clark. I respect her. Good, good. Anyway, there you are. Those are those tracks this week. And um, what should you do if you want to hear more of those tracks? Just go go downtown. Uh, no, go to the Spotify playlist. Type in either Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad, and either of those will take you to the playlist. The interesting thing about uh, us empty nesters mm. is that um, we are almost empty nesters, would be empty nesters if we didn't have your brother <laughs> with us. Uh, I mean, for the for podcast purposes, you moved straight out, he moved straight out on the exact same day mm. he moved in that morning when you uh, moved out. Yeah, no. Uh, so I didn't have a chance to work out what it was like to be a proper uh, empty nester. Well, you will be in a mm. couple of months. But we were well mildly. Di- I mean, I thought it was quite a good thing that you hadn't, that you didn't phone up much. But your mum was sort of mildly disturbed. I, that you weren't I rang a lot in the first like two days, and then yes. not as much after that. It's too. It's really hard. Like you feel like you've been pulled. Mm. from this like new world you're trying to create back to what you know and like. Mm. Yeah, I think it makes it more difficult. But now I, I, I get the impression after these couple of weeks you're fine either way because I thought it was mm. quite a good thing when when your mum said to me, "Oh, she's not phoned." I said, "Well, that, that's good, isn't it? it? You know, it means that she's sort of settling in." But now it seems now there's more chance that you might phone. Yeah, I think now I'll phone more like how is normal rather than like three times in an hour and then not at all for like four days yeah they always say that the best way uh, to get your children to phone you when they uh, move to university offer them money yeah no oh. is to change your netflix password <laughs> and then there's no but you show netflix oh you're not using it so what are you watching i use david's netflix all right i've been watching you know the circle Mm. When I've got like a spare twenty minutes, that's what I've been catching up on. Mm. Still got Zoe Ball's do- uh, Zoe Ball's son in it. Zoe Ball's son, yeah. Who's I'm I'm I'm, bi- I'm still behind. Circle? I'm still behind, so I can't really speak on it. No, well, we've not. But Zoe Ball's son's on it. They people really like this old guy called Tim. That's I think those things will probably Is he still the monk? be true. It's Tim the monk. Yeah. yeah. What's happened uh, in uh, Sanditon? Have you been watching? I've not that? been watching because I thought you were going to wait until I come home and we were going to binge mm, them. Yes, I'm fine with that. But have you watched them already? I, I've seen them, but I'll see. Look, them. <laughs> see, you said you wouldn't watch them. <laughs> well, I, you said you, to me, you were saying you'll you'll. You, I we'll won't watch them, them, and we'll save them all, and then watch them in a I've, row when I'll, you get home. I'll save them all. Yeah, no, but that's not the whole deal. Hmm. Here's you disappointed in yourself. Have I disappointed you in myself? I'm watching. Yeah, I am a bit disappointed with myself. Because you would have had more fun if you'd watched. Mm. Did watch. Did you watch them on your own, or did you watch them with mum? I watched them with mum. Oh. Um, so I, you both watched them. Mm, but I'm going to watch oh, snakes. Them. I will watch snakes. Is this a new one? Everyone says snakes. Snakey. I've never heard you say snakes in the past. 
Is this something you picked up from these posh university friends? No, I've said that loads of times. I've said that on the podcast, I'm sure. I I don't think so. Here's something interesting, Ruth. Figures show that veterinary training has the biggest gender gap of any university subject grouping. Wow. The ratio of applications to veterinary science degrees uh, starting this autumn was seven female school leavers to every one male. uh, Bigger than the imbalance in the teaching profession or any of the others. Professor of General Practice at the Royal Veterinary College, Jill Madison, said, I think there are a number of factors for the gender imbalance. One is that men are going to uh, other professions, particularly the finance industry. Yeah. Uh, veterinary science doesn't have very high earnings compared with other similar industries such as law and medicine. So, no. I thought vets got paid a well, shit charge. They charge a lot of money, but apparently the actual right. rates of pay. Is aren't it not that just high. more of a like animal sensitive? stereotype thing well it is but i'm surprised that it's a stereotype that's still i think if you do economics that's apparently really like just basically all boys because and they maths want, yes a lot of boys because they want to be uh, bankers because yeah. they've seen i suppose they've seen way, the wolf of wall street <laughs> they've seen the wolf of wall street they've seen also the fact that uh, how they can get increased status by having a lot of money I mean, and whatever you say and how politically correct people are, yeah. they still are impressed. I mean, I suspect even... What, uh, I what, mean, who are still impressed? Girls. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good way, to get, it's a good way to get girls having lots of money, I would think. And, that's and still, on that note... <laughs> that's still a strong motivation. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking back to my own university days. And I, however no, I think that's still true. Like, yeah, I think it's totally true. Yeah. It's as true today as it was. Probably even truer now. Than D- it truer? Was, truer than it was. Really? Truer. I think it's probably absolutely equal. No, I think it's more true now. Why do you think now? it's more true now? Because there's more, because you're actually paying for university degrees, and you're not just dossing about, and you look on it as a as a financial transaction. You think, well, this mm. should be a, trans- a financial transaction, which results in my earning way more money than I would if I'd done something else. And I was quite happy to do, you know, airy fairy hippieish subjects like uh, you know English and German and that sort of thing. Whereas nowadays, you think to yourself, well. Am Why I am I bothering spending all this money to do a degree? Gonna, yeah. yeah, precisely. Yeah, I guess when, that's maybe true. Yeah, maybe that is a factor. Yeah, and you know, if you can turn up to a date in uh, a nice car, as opposed to turn up to a date in you know a pair of sandals and a hippie haircut, as we did, uh, you will impress a girl more. So, did you go to? Um, school in Glasgow or California <laughs> what are you on well, about I, acting like you blooming went to Woodstock every weekend I went to university you went uh, to university for about six months in Strathclyde yeah, I went to university for the first year I was in the first year at Strathclyde in Glasgow yeah. but in those days people used to if you were at university it's my way you were at Strathclyde or Keel or the University of Manchester Institute of Science and Technology you still pretended you were in San Francisco because that's what you did in the uh, late 60s, okay. early 70s. Do you have a meme of the week? Have yeah. Have you had time with all the drinking and falling over? I've not done as much Instagram, I don't think, as I have, you I have done do. in the past. I don't know. <laughs> um, you can't even be bothered com- completing the right. full <laughs> sentence, At the bookstore, me. Do you have any books on turtles? Cashier? Hardback? Me. Yeah, with little heads. Yeah, it's an old And one. then I liked this, but this gonna... isn't really funny. I just thought it was interesting. When did we replace the word said with was like? You know, I do it all the time. I'm like, oh, they were like. And mm. she was like, blah, blah, blah. 
When it occurred to us that said implies a direct quote, while was like clarifies that you mean to communicate the person's turn and general point without quoting them word for word. That's so true. was like is actually better than said. Yeah, and sometimes in the present sense. So I'm like this, and yeah. she's like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And she's like, so you can have all sorts of... Mm. Um, so you see, so the word like yeah. is incredibly intelligent and incredibly i enjoy it a lot intelligent ruth right so hopefully we will do one next week yeah uh, and uh, and catch up on what you're actually doing at university because by next week i'll have the had more like proper lectures and stuff and, uh, you, you, the party will be have been over well oh, apart stop. from the weekends apart from the weekends it's not going to be so much going out during the week is there i wouldn't have thought no i don't think so hmm. right well oh, there's still a bit of that goes on as well so we look forward to yeah. finding out what's happening next week. We'll see. Uh, meanwhile, just a reminder, if you do want to send us an email, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.